Thanks for tuning in to What is the Point? This podcast is tailored for those navigating their 20s and 30s who want to end up somewhere on purpose. We promise to keep the conversation real and honest as we ask ourselves this question. What's the point in all the different facets of our life? It's our desire that you would gain practical handles to these deeper questions we ask ourselves every single day. So with that being said, let's hop into this week's episode of What is the Point? Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What is the Point? We are in this series called Contagious Conversations, where we're just diving into the challenges that young adults we all know and love are facing during the coronavirus and this crisis that's going on. And we have our really good friend, Reagan Langston, here. And we're excited to have you, Reagan. How are you doing? Hey, I am awesome. How are you? I am good. I'm just hanging out uh, at home, of course, uh, nowhere else. Just yeah, same. Still in my bedroom, you know. <laughs> I gotta ask <laughs> you though. I mean, where you're? You, you have an apartment, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm in an apartment, and um, I'm I'm camping out here for the most part, but still, kind of still in my like daily routine, going to work and um, then home when I'm not there. So. It's been kind of different, but it's been good in the apartment. You get to actually like leave and and come back. And some of us are just stuck at home for good. And and we're not going out at all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do get a little bit, a little bit more social interaction than most people probably right now. Before we get into really what you do, because I know that plays a big part in what we're going to talk about today, I want to ask you what your go-to karaoke song is. And I'm asking you this because I've seen all of these karaoke groups pop up online, and I don't know if you're a part of any of those, like these virtual karaoke things. But I feel like, Reagan, you have a go-to karaoke song. (laughs) I feel like it depends on the the party, but... Honestly, this is so weird because it's not even in my like daily go to music, but I am a Shania Twain karaoke gal. Like I love Shania Twain for any kind of karaoke night. And like even when I am at home, my uh, family Christmas party each year, my mom and I will go crazy with Shania Twain. That's awesome. So are you are you like, man, I feel like a woman. Is that your go to or do you have another one that's... (laughs) Maybe more like um, up, like the red, red version, the red okay. album, because she had like three different versions with one album. Yeah, the up on the red version. That's that's a hit for Reagan Langston. I oh, love it. Well, I got to say, <laughs> I, I don't know uh, that yeah. album as well as, as you, but I might have to listen to that after we get off today. <laughs> uh, that's great. What's yours? What's your song? I have to know. You know what? If I'm doing a ballad, I love God Bless the Broken Road by Rascal Flatts. If I'm doing something a little bit more upbeat, I like You by Chris Young. So I think like my karaoke songs have a little bit of country in them because uh, I think that's how I can get by with a little country twang and it covers up you know the imperfections um, when I sing. So yeah, I, I love me some good uh, Rascal Flatts and, and Chris Young. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Well, today I know uh, we're going to be talking about really facing fears. And for some people, singing karaoke is probably facing their fears. Um, But today I want to talk a little bit more about what you're going through, Reagan. Um, I know that 
right now there's just a lot of fear in the world and in the lives of young adults. So this is something that really applies to all of us. And I know you're navigating this firsthand on the front lines um, with the coronavirus. You're you're a nurse, and um, you know that's why you were saying mm-hmm. earlier. Even you, you know, aren't always home. You actually leave and you go to work and. Uh, go to the hospital and then and you come back. And so um, I just want to start by letting you share a little bit of your backstory of who you are and, and just kind of what's going on in your world and what that looks like. Yeah. So I work at a hospital here in Springfield, Missouri. Um, I work in their pediatric ICU. So I work full-time night shift, 6.30 p.m. to 7 a.m., Every week, every shift, I'm still going to work, still working full time. Uh, And then in the meantime, I'm coming home and doing the quarantine thing. But it just it kind of looks different because I come home and my life is quarantined. And then you go to the hospital and life is (laughs) very much not quarantined. And so, yeah, that's I mean, I've been a nurse for since May of last year. So I'm in my first year as a nurse and they always say that the first year of nursing is the hardest, but this has definitely put a twist on what my first year of nursing, what I imagined for that. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting to navigate, but um, on top of all of the new things and the things I'm still learning, but yeah, that's basically my job and my life right now. Wow, that's incredible. And first, just want to say, I mean, on behalf of so many, like, thank you for what you're doing um, and, and being, you know, a nurse and taking care of people who are sick, especially now. And like you said, um, this is your first year of nursing and they say it's the hardest. And, and if it wasn't already, I mean, now it really has to be with everything going on. And, and you said you work the night shift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That is wild. I mean, that's the, those aren't easy hours uh, because, you know, most of the world is is awake probably while you're asleep and and vice versa. And so um, I know that probably adds another level of, um, you know, pressure or or weight with everything going on. What's, what's that been like? I mean, being at the hospital and then also having to come home and and maybe even be around other people who, you know, aren't in that hospital environment. What, what, what does that felt like? for you? Yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting. I think that, um, being in a hospital setting, you have very much a front row seat to kind of the inside scoop, you could say, of what it really looks like to be caring for those patients and in that environment of patients that are scared and patients that are ill, as well as all of the healthcare workers. I feel like we're all really affected individually and there's daily policy changes and um, daily things that are requiring a lot of healthcare workers just to be really flexible and um, really willing to go with the flow and uh, learn as we go because that's kind of that's kind of what healthcare as a whole is doing right now. You can only you can only act with you know act on what you know. So we've just been kind of adjusting as we go. Yeah, it sounds like you've been taking it a day at a time and that there's just a lot of uncertainty with, um, you know, what what to do or, you know, what changes are going to be made next or how, how you're going to treat future patients. And I can imagine that that would bring some anxiety or even fear. I mean, I know we even talked the other day, you know, we got to catch up a little bit and you said that you were having to make a big decision coming up and there was a lot of, that you felt a lot of fear going into that decision of just 
just what is the right option? What's best for me and the people around me and the people that are sick? Can you tell us more about that decision? In the hospital setting right now, um, there's actually, it's kind of a calm before the storm mentality, I guess, over the whole hospital of um, waiting as more people get sick, more people continue to come. But on the flip side of that, the general public has a lot of fear in them. So the hospital overall for like elective things or routine things or um, even the emergency room and people that are coming into the ER, a lot less people are coming into the hospital just because there's so much fear um, associated with that right now. So like I said, I'm in uh, the pediatric intensive care unit but I can also float right now in my job to the pediatric floor or other areas that are with kids or babies. But the hospital itself is still, the adult world is still kind of um, on the more full side. And so there are some certain areas like with me personally, they, they really want to be prepared um, when the storm kind of hits, um, which who knows when that will be. They want to make sure that our healthcare teams, nurses, techs, doctors, everyone is prepared. Um, so that kind of can look like me getting trained in um, an adult ICU or an adult floor, which is, is a really big deal just because the kids' world is so much different than the adult world. And um, so I've gone through quite a bit of training since becoming a nurse almost a year ago to learn my job in the kid world. Um, but with this whole pandemic thing, it's really taking a team effort in the hospital in not just my area, but for me to be flexible in other areas as well, just to support each other, um, depending on which area is busier which day. So that's been kind of a hard thing for me to navigate with, am I, am I willing to be that flexible or um, is my fear going to get in the way of me learning all of these adult world things and going to do a job that I didn't think that I was going to do. Or even when I took this job, it's almost, it's so easy to think like have a bad attitude of I didn't sign up for that job. Um, but you really do have to have a, um, team member mindset and, um, an encouraging mindset because this is such a big time to remind ourselves that we're all in this together and we're only going to get through this by each individual person playing their role. And so I think that for me navigating what my role is in that, it's been a hard decision, but if that looks like me, you know, getting trained for the adult world, that's something that I need to step up and do. Um, so yeah, that's been, it's been a really heavy thing on my heart for the last couple of weeks. And, um, it's, it's scary for sure. Cause it's a different world and it's, um, different types of sick and yeah, it's scary. Yeah. That sounds like a, a big, big decision. Would it be working with adults and still working with kids or would you be completely transferring and working with adults? No. So it would be both. It'd kind of be like a, and kind of right now what my job looks like is I show up to work and it could be <laughs> 10 different things that they tell me to do that I'm or that I'm going to do that night. And so um, it would just be adding the adult world to that list of things. So um, it just would require a lot of flexibility. These adults that you'd be working with potentially 
could or would have the virus, the coronavirus. Um, yeah. I mean, if that was the area of the hospital that they needed help, um, that's where they would send the extra help. That would be me. So. So when you're thinking about, you know, working with adults and stepping into that, like what pressure do you feel? Like, I, I imagine there's a lot of things going through your mind of like why that's a good thing or why that's not a good thing. Like, what all are you thinking about or what pressures do you feel when thinking through which decision or which scenario you should you should pick? Mm, so I think um, on the negative side, I guess it I mean, it would kind of be, like I said before, just that it's so out of my element. I think I've gotten very comfortable in uh, the kids' world. And, I mean, we get, like, older teenagers that are basically adults. You treat them very similarly. But um, overall, it's a very different way of, you know, treating patients and a lot of different disease processes that come in. So I think the bad is just... Um, a lot of self-doubt that comes into um, my thinking and um, truthfully just, yeah, like self-doubt and fears of being incapable of something just because it's been since nursing school that I've done it. And um, there's pressure that I need to be a quick learner because who knows how, how quickly I'm going to have to jump in to, um, to this, you know, being on my own um, caring for really sick patients that, um, that are adults, you know? And so, but I think on, on the other hand, the good is that, um, you were kind of talking about the mission. I think that it's given me a really good perspective of the mission is not just about why, um, why I want to become a nurse or like why I want to continue to be a nurse, but why nurses are needed in general. And, um, I think, I don't know. I think it's been a good exercise um, or test or whatever you want to call it for me to figure out, um, am I in this for me or am I in this for the patients or um, what's my mindset going into work each night? And um, it's it's given me kind of a lesson on um, some selflessness and just, um, you know, am I going to be complacent or am I going to pick up the shovel and help everybody dig, you know? So I think, um, I think that the good is that it's really um, refreshed my mindset of why I'm a nurse and why I'm in this with everybody else. That's great. Yeah, it sounds like almost getting a different perspective on why you are there and what your role is. And so I would even ask, how do you get a healthy perspective when facing your fears? So what has been helpful for you as you've been walking through this? I think... With perspective, I've had to, the Bible talks a lot about um, taking your thoughts captive. And I think I've had to break down a lot of different thoughts and fears that I've had and um, really analyze, is this coming from truth or is this coming from a feeling that may be partial truth, partial not truth, or is this coming from a full on lie that, um, you know, is the enemy just trying to tear me down or, you know, bring up some insecurity in me. And so I think that the perspective is just, and I mean, that's not even just for me as a nurse, but as for all of us in this time, we have to evaluate our perspective on each day. And Matthew talks about like not worrying about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. And like in, in today, 
in my thoughts and in my worries or praises for the Lord, what type of spirit is it coming from? Is it from a spirit of truth or is it from a spirit of fear? Um, And we really have to, I think all of us really have to battle making sure that we are thinking in truth and believing in truth and uh, glorifying God with our thoughts and not just dwelling in, in the worries. And so for me, in my perspective in healthcare, that's, I mean, that's exactly how I have to play it out and um, just shutting down any of the lies that are going to prevent me from being able to do the job that I know I'm capable of doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just goes back, you know, I've heard it before, whatever you feed your mind, I mean, it grows and, and really whatever you feed your heart, it grows. And so it sounds like throughout this time that you've been trying to feed your heart, your mind, you know, the word of God. And just because you're grounded and rooted in God's word doesn't mean that the fear isn't there. It just means that, you know, he's with you through it. And so I think that's a huge difference. It doesn't mean that, okay, he's just going to get rid of the fear or the bad situation. But you know that while you're walking through it, while you're serving nurses, that ultimately like he's got the highest perspective and you're not in control of everything and his peace and understanding is going to be with you. And so is there even like a verse that you've been like clinging on to or um, something that you've read recently that's been really helpful? Um. So actually a chapter that I've been going back to continuously, I, um, before I go into work <laughs> every day, I pray and I, I sit in my car in the parking garage outside the hospital and I will say a prayer and then I will read um, in Ephesians 6 and kind of, you know, suit up and I will just remind myself of the scripture where um, we learn about the armor of God and putting on the armor of God. But I think I've been adding um, Psalm 91 to that, um, to that pre-work scripture. Um, and the chapter itself is titled the protection of the most high. And, um, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but, um, it, it goes into a lot of detail about, um, it even talks about this like dark plague and, um, the way that the Lord protects those, um, who believe in him and the way that we can glorify God in like amongst, amongst the plague and amongst the darkness. And even, even at one point it talks about um, like the Lord sending his angels to cover our tent and protect us from that. And I just, it's such a vivid chapter. It's such a vivid scripture that is so relatable. Cause I don't know if you guys have seen all about the tents and different things, um, different shacks outside of hospitals, but <clears throat> at my hospital, we have a shack that we're testing everybody in and whether you come through the ER or whatnot, you, you go through these different tents. And so just the picture that the Lord covers his tent and like sends an angel to protect us, that has been so encouraging for me um, to just not carry that spirit of fear. But then also, I mean, areas like Joshua 1.9 is that like be strong and courageous. And, and that's, that's huge for me also in this time. Wow. Yeah, no, that's really great. I mean, Psalm 91 at the very beginning, it talks about whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And and you just painted that picture with the shelter of the tents outside and how just like a symbol of God's, you know, covering and, and shelter over his people. And, and then even in Joshua 1, 9, 
I mean, be strong and courageous for wherever you are. The God, you know, God is with you. Let your Lord, your God be with you wherever you go. I mean, and that's such a great reminder. And you truly are like not only saying that, but you're, you're doing that. Like you're remembering and you're spending time to be with him. Um, you know, even before you go into work, like you're grounding yourself in his word and in his spirit, you know, in the parking lot before you go into work because you know you need it and you know that the, the the peace and the courage and the boldness that he will give you is unlike anything else i just think that's so encouraging i mean i've just seen over and over again reagan how you're you're someone who not just only talks about their faith but you put it in action and i think that's true faith and so just thank you for uh, modeling that for everyone and really for me i would love to ask you is there anything else that helps you face your fear head on what about even you know your family uh, at home, what do they think of everything going on? Yeah. Have they been supportive? Or you know, I know that could be kind of a yes. scary thing for them because they're like, oh, you know, my my daughter, like being on the front lines. What has all that been like? That's been um, difficult to navigate as well. Actually, I think um, my mom is. Both of my parents are very much the type that their happy place is having all of their kids under their household. Um, <laughs> and like having us, if we were all together right now, that's kind of, that would be their happy place. And this quarantine would probably not even be too bad for them. But um, yeah, I, I am um, the only one not with my family at the moment at my parents' house. And so it's been hard to navigate. I think both of my parents are very encouraging, but also very worried. And my mom and I had to have some hard discussions of um, just kind of me explaining that I really do feel like the Lord has called me here. And if things were to get, you know, even worse, or if statistics were to go up in Missouri or the Springfield area, I really feel called that I need to just stay here and do the job that I know I am called to do and continue going to the hospital, even though it's maybe not always the fun thing or um, the easy thing to do. So that's been, that has been um, an interesting piece of all this for me to get used to and for me to navigate. Um, I think with facing the fears head on, really it's, it's a lot to do with my coworkers and also like community support and even like meeting at the point on Tuesday nights and having, having so much support and like, being uplifted by um, everyone virtually <laughs> right now, um, even through a Zoom call, it is it's so encouraging um, to hear just to hear how everyone's struggling and everyone's growing. And there's not really one one way that's harder than another right now. They're all so different and um, so unique. And I know that all of us are going to come out of this time with such a powerful story of like what the Lord did in our hearts during this time, if we let him, and if we use this time as time to grow in the Lord. And, um, so I think how I face my fears head on is just like surrounding myself with people that, that get it. And right now, truthfully, everyone gets it. And I think in a hospital setting, my coworkers have been really supportive of being the ones that get it for me at work, but my community here even through FaceTime or phone calls or Zoom calls or whatever, it's it's been um, so comforting and so encouraging to have them. I think you hit it right on the head that, you know, everyone is going 
through something right now. And, you know, it may look different, but that doesn't mean it's less hurtful or, or, you know, less stressful. It just looks different. And, you know, I think Mm -hmm. that's the plea that we want to say is, is, you know, everyone right now, um, you're not alone. Like other people are, are going through this together. And ultimately, you know, God will bring us through tough times to bring us closer to each other and to bring us closer to him if we allow him. And so now is the time to be more than ever plugging into community or, or joining, you know, groups online or connecting with people or picking up the phone and calling that friend you haven't talked to in a while and, and really being intentional because it's not going to happen on its own. I love that that is just something that you're really pouring into in this time and you know that that you need it and not only, you know, outside of work but also at work because you're all on the front lines fighting the battle together and you need to be, you know, hand in hand, side by side and doing that. I know, you know, when I'm stepping through even fears, if I'm communicating and I'm I'm walking with other people through that, it really really helps me take that next step. Um, and it really helps me you know, know that, okay, it, it's scary, it's unknown, but I know I've got people mm-hmm. by my side that are going to be walking through this with me. And if I fall down, they're going to be there to help me back up. And so I really love that. I, and it sounds like, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but it sounds like you have a pretty big why that really helps you stay focused and really keeps you on mission, you know, when, when you're asked by your parents or you have that conversation with your mom, that tough conversation, she's like, are are you sure this is really what, you know, you're supposed to do? I mean, you sure you don't want to come home? And you're like, no, I'm I'm supposed to do this. Like, I feel like I've been called to this. So what is your why, Reagan? (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, I think one of the wildest things for me has just been how much it's changed since actually becoming a nurse. Um, I think that before I became a nurse, my why was had so much to do with the impact that um, nurses in some really hard seasons for me, the, the impact that those nurses had on my life and me wanting to make the same impact in my patients' lives once I became a nurse. And That was my why that got me through nursing school. And then I became a nurse and I've, I mean, it's just continuously evolved. Um, And even now, I think that with this whole pandemic thing, I have a new perspective on the why, but it has so much to do with um, giving the love of the Lord to um, to patients that might not get it um, anywhere else, but even more so like, During this time, it's been kind of crazy. Such a big prayer of mine throughout this whole pandemic season is just that the Lord can, uh, that we would all find ways that the Lord can be glorified in this and that, um, you know, Jesus' name could be made greater and bigger um, throughout this somehow, throughout all this crazy and ugly and really hard that Jesus can make something beautiful out of it. For his glory. And I think that that's, um, it's been really cool with my coworkers, actually. I think when you think of nursing, you think ministry with patients, but I have learned so much in the past few months since becoming a nurse that there's so much ministry in um, becoming, you know, a minister to your coworkers. And if you think about it during this time, like, my, my fellow nurses, my fellow coworkers come into work just as scared and just as 
feeling unprepared or incapable or insecure in these times. Mm -hmm. And I know that I walk in with the strength of Jesus as my foundation. And that is the thing keeping me stable and keeping me up and keeping me motivated to keep those truths at the forefront of my mind. And so I've just seen so much fear in my coworkers that don't um, may not have Jesus to stand on. And so I've had some really cool opportunities in the past couple of months to bring up Jesus to them. And um, even some of them asking me about, um, about Jesus and what type of role God can play in all of this. And it's opened this door to so many new types of conversations with um, my coworkers. And even if it's just with one coworker, it's in front of four other coworkers that get to see Jesus name be shared. And so it's been the coolest thing that has, it's become such a why for me because I have this love for these people that I work with and I want them to know Jesus so badly. And I know that, I know that, Sometimes it takes us, you know, being completely broken down with whether it's fear or whatever. This pandemic is, it's rubbing a lot of people raw in, um, in just, you know, whether you're isolated at home and feeling very lonely or you're, you know, working day in, day out or night in, night out, whatever shift you're in, um, in the hospital, people are, you know, coming to a point where like, it's really hard and, um, that's the perfect opportunity for Jesus to meet us where we're at. And, um, so yeah, that's become such a big why for me. And I can't, I don't feel like I can leave that family that I have at work, whether it's my patients or my coworkers. I just know how many people need the light of Jesus right now. And the fact that they do not have to live in a spirit of fear and that Jesus came to, you know, set us free from that. So yeah, that's that's my why, and it it makes me it makes me excited every day. That's awesome. Well, that does not surprise me that you are having those conversations at work because you know you are um, someone that lives their faith out, and I think that's the best way for people to hear the gospel and to hear about God is they see something different in our lives through our actions, and they start to ask questions, and they're saying man, I'm going through this and and we're going through the same thing. And, and you seem to, to be grounded. You seem to have peace. You seem to have a, a courage that I just can't explain. And that just leads to those gospel-centered conversations. And I mean, God always, always, always wants to, you know, work in the weakness of um, our situation and in our lives. And so you're exactly on it when you say, you know, now more than ever, God wants to work in us and he wants his light to shine through us if we let him. And, and I just love hearing about your why and, you know, why you're um, a nurse and, and on, you know, the front lines and just the courage that you have. I'm curious to know, what would you tell someone in your situation, if you could, if, if we could duplicate you right now and you could kind of step outside of your situation and you were giving yourself <laughs> counsel, this would be the last thing. What would you tell yourself? I think, I think I would tell myself to just continue doing the hard thing. Um, and each day, I think whether it's just the little daily disciplines that are so much harder to keep up with, even though you like, we have all these, all this time, it's so much harder to keep up with. I need to make sure that I'm being disciplined in my Bible reading and in um, making time for community virtually or 
around work or working out or whatever. I think that I would just tell myself to keep doing what I'm doing, but make sure that I'm make sure that I'm making um, the choice to do the harder thing that will um, bring more good to the situation or um, more benefit to uh, myself spiritually or emotionally or physically during this time. Cause I have the time to do it outside of work. Um, I just have to have the discipline to do the hard thing, you know, and then within work doing the hard thing there and being fearless in that. Wow. And, and the little things really are the hard things a lot of the times and being consistent yeah. with those little things, because it's easy to be like, well, it's just a little thing. What is it really going to matter? But over time added up, they turn into the big things. And so that's great, mm-hmm. Reagan. Well, we, I just appreciate you coming on and getting to kind of share what you're walking through personally. And I just know that this is going to be helpful to so many young adults, you know, our millions of listeners, we like to say <laughs> that are uh, listening. And, um, but if this is just helpful for one person, we know that it's all worth it. Yeah. So are there any last words or anything you want to say to, to end it off? Um, no, I think that, I think that anyone listening just needs um, maybe a reminder today that we are not called to live in a spirit of fear and that there's so much freedom from that found in Jesus and so much growth to be had in this quarantine time. Absolutely. Well, I love it. Thanks for all you do, Reagan, just as a friend in my life and then also um, for the point in this young adult ministry. And just thanks for coming on today and sharing your story. We appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right, we'll see you guys next week for another episode.